This is Chris from Houston, and you're listening to Drunkards United. Come on, you iron. Uh, they didn't do half bad today. They did not do half bad. That was a pretty decent result for them. You know who also didn't do half bad today? The team that is no longer in the fucking relegation zone. Oh, really? Look at you. <laughs> you can't all, all the way. No, you know, hey, look, look at it this way, Mr. Graham. This is two whole weeks in a row in one week with no Malort. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right A.A. the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the midweek's action in the Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I'm your host, Sam Houston, and across the internet's from me, Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing over there, buddy? Doing very well, thank you very much. I am bid-free, thank goodness. Well, that would make uh, two of the three of us, because uh, on the ones and twos, all masked up tonight because somebody got coronavirus. Shit's real. Uh, COVID Carl on the ones and twos. Yeah. Producer who, Mel feeling the vid. Who knew you could get COVID from watching Villa Fuck Man City? <laughs> Very good answer. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out wherever you get your podcast. And, uh, of course, streaming live uh, actually on a Thursday night, not just on a Monday night, as it is December. And the Prem is prone to do and have a lot of fucking games. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. Uh, we are at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch by email. All right. So she's already giggling at something. So, because uh, her mute button's oh, not on. Kate, uh, there's a lot of people checking in. I don't know why. On a Thursday, apparently mm. the whole world's watching, not just our regular. The world's popping on a Thursday and, night. And huh? uh, our friend Kate uh, Kane um, used to be a tour guide, friend of Graham's. You oh, know, awesome. Out in Very Virginia cool. Beach area. Yeah. yeah. She was uh, coming in, not COVID, Carl. (laughs) Love it. Very good. Very, very good. Um, Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've had to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, since we're in separate rooms, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about what you're drinking and then I'll talk about what I'm drinking. Absolutely. I uh, pulled out an oldie but a goodie, single barrel from all of you uh, back in the day, uh, called the Presidential Dram. Uh, it's a straight bourbon, four-year-old, barrel-proof at 112.72. That's 56.36% by volume if you're counting. And actually, it is a syndicate. It's not just all of you. And they called it Presidential Ride, which is pretty funny. And they got the Dumb and Dumber uh, uh, old truck on their sticker, which is uh, pretty hysterical. Um, barreled uh, in 2015. I'm sorry. Yeah, barreled in 2015. Bottled in 2021. Uh, we did it on the show before. It's it's a phenomenal little little pour. Um, I said uh, high octane, um, but 
very balanced doesn't drink like 112 drinks more like 95 nice uh very smooth easy going um a lot of honey and uh and vanilla up front it's it's delightful excellent i uh i went back to the well to an old school one that uh, we've done on the show before as well and was also on i believe 2017's top 20 whiskeys of 2022 and this is just a fucking dandy uh this is the glendalock 13 year old mizanora oak finish one of my favorite irish whiskeys that exists this was uh during a time where very few people were working with mizanora oak because uh, that's a japanese oak that uh the trees look like bonsai trees so cutting barrel uh staves is very hard to do very difficult yep and it's also very porous so normally whenever they do a mizanora a mizanora oak aged whiskey in general in japan they tend to lose about 50 percent of it because it leaks that much they have to put like moss in it and shit like that to try to keep it all in case um whiskey doesn't exist anymore uh, it would cost you about $90 if you found it on the shelf. Uh, it's um, it's a dusty. I found some in this past calendar year, and I bought both bottles because I know it just doesn't exist anymore. The reality yeah. for the reality for Irish single malts is, is that there's a lot of distilleries who are just now finally making whiskey, and that's why you're seeing so many pot stills normally make the top 20 list every year for Whiskey Advocate because the single malts were coming out of Bushmills, which they pretty much keep for themselves, the Middleton Distillery, which is Jameson, which they pretty much keep for themselves, and then the Cooley Distillery. And the Cooley Distillery now has its own damn uh, products with uh, Teeling. So they've stopped selling. So there's only so many single barrel, I mean, single malt whiskeys to go around in Ireland for people to have. So I know, like, I think they now have like a seven year old Mizanora, is what it is. But you just, if you find the 13, it's worth getting. It's, um, like most uh, Irish whiskeys, it's a little bit softer, a little bit mellower, but you get this really lovely sandalwood caramel creme brulee thing going on in this whiskey, and it is for a 13-year-old whiskey that's a single malt under $100, it is a fucking steal. That's an absolute steal, and then it's in a super expensive, super hard to come by uh, uh, wood in Mizanora. I mean, my my uh, fourteen and eighteen year old Irish single malts that I sell in Tullamore do both wholesale for around ninety bucks, yeah, uh, or more. Yeah, precisely. So to find that on find a thirteen year old on the shelf at that price, especially with that rarer wood, is is tremendous. And also, this kind of accolades too and scores. I mean, it's just it's a delightful fucking whiskey. And uh, Mr. Graham, yeah, what else do we always need to do? Got to remind people to drink responsibly very good cheers across the internet to you good sir cheers clink cheers my friend (laughs) there you go covid carl um we open with the top of the table with one match that was flat out insane and another was a absolute master class but not by the team you would expect aston villa one manchester city nil arsenal four luton town three what a fucking performance from Villa. Yeah. And, uh, well, you might want to unmute yourself there, Mel. She's back there going, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing, and it's good that you bring up Emmy. Emmy makes two fantastic saves, Dude. right? Those those two saves? Mm-hmm. The double save on Holland. You oh, mean. yeah. Manchester City did not record another shot. Not shot on target. Not another 
fucking shot mm-hmm. the rest of the match. Who has ever done that to City since Pep's got Paul Tao? Like who? Paul Tao was shutting shit down every which way on defense. Hey, hey, just, Grim, it was shots themselves that were decent. Or Pau Torres, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, all good, all good. Uh, it just, it was absolute masterclass. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you you yeah, heard it was, it was fantastic. You, if you, I don't know how many of you saw Pep in the post, he was just like, "Hey, we're better than mm-hmm. us." Like he, like he had no answer. It was just like they were like, yeah. "Well, what do you think of this?" He was like, "They were better than us." Is what yeah. he just kept oh, yeah. saying. It's like yeah. they walked into that building and Villa fucked. Mm-hmm. Villa flat out fucked, man. We were now, confident. Uh, what I am going to say here, and this is going to be kind of a theme throughout the throughout the show is you can only play what's in front of you, right? City are a very different side without Rodri. Mm-hmm. So Villa definitely did catch them at a good time with him having gotten his fifth yellow card last last outing mm-hmm. and was suspended for this game. But that allowed him again and Douglas Luiz to, to, to really flourish um, and control the game for Villa. I mean, really, Villa were well and truly on top for a mm-hmm. majority of the game. I mean, City had some good possession here and there, but they weren't threatening with it. And that linchpin that we talk about, like how goofy Arsenal looked and mm-hmm. out of ideas without Odegaard or how, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. that linchpin that allows Bernardo Silva to do what he does and create the magic or De Bruyne when he's fit is Rodri. Without that, without that security blanket, those guys don't have the freedom that they normally have. Nope. You know what I mean? And that, that definitely played into Villa's hands. <laughs> And they saw that opportunity and mm-hmm. pounced on it. And it was absolutely fantastic. And, and what a performance. Yeah, I, what a performance. I mean, Mel, I mean, you were you were watching it live. I mean, you all could have scored more. You should have scored we should more. should have scored you more. Should we, have we had more. We had, should well, have Douglas Louise is still, nothing. Douglas is still checking the math on his last shot because it should have gone in, but the post moved. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did look like it did. That's for and damn sure. I, I called it. I said, Leon Bailey is scoring. I thought it would happen before the end of the first half, but Bailey was getting in all the right spots. That man was finding himself in the center of every attack and he was fast and he was tenacious and it just he had a certain spark under him so when he did get the score oh god i love seeing it he you know i what it meant to him too the, his emotion and the the reaction it, yeah. was, it was absolutely brilliant the whole stadium goes nuts oh, it, was, it was awesome it was it, it was, was incredible awesome. it really was it was incredible bailey has done That's a great this job game. this is when we talk about you know competing for spots working hard and working your he's been a sub almost the entire year and he's just kept working mm-hmm. and he keeps having good outings and it's just like little by little by little and then you're just like you have to play him you have to play him and he's been starting the last couple of matches and he's been awesome yeah he's been absolutely well, fantastic he, he, he was excellent towards the tail end of last season as well yeah. he was very good yeah um and then with diaby coming through who's been excellent to uh-huh. start this season leon bailey got kind of dumped to the bench because when he was fit last season he would start mm-hmm. um but he and he reminds me actually uh sam he reminds me a lot of archie yeah yeah definitely old, old crazy leg yeah old crazy leg and um but it, it's lovely to see that he's now regained his spot and he's really taken his chance he looks a lot more mature a mm-hmm. lot more composed and not so scatterbrained 
Yeah. I mean, his chaos last season really, you know, kind of put teams under the cosh, uh, really, and didn't really know how to react to him this season. He's been much more composed, much more mature. And Plays with purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. point, Mel. Good point. Plays, plays with purpose. Plays with purpose. This was this was the first time I had seen another team play us versus yep. us playing another team. And I am real excited. I'm not overly confident because we're not consistent, but I'm very eager to see how we perform against you guys next weekend or this weekend. Yep. Hey, Sammy, you know what? You you had said this a few weeks ago, and I think it applies even more now. You were like, you were saying you're not excited about having to go to no. their building. No yeah, one right. right now should be feeling okay about walking into Villa Park. 12 in a row? 13, 13, 13 in, a row. in a row in our building. Yeah. It's just, fuck. Like, they are just a different. Because remember, I mean, that's remember, just amazing. Just, just five weeks ago, you lost 2 nothing to Forrest on the road. And you drew Bournemouth 2 2. So it's like, but in your building, you're fucking, you're world beaters. Mm-hmm. Other than the League Cup where you lost to Everton. But just, that's just a thing. You mean where we just decided we didn't want to focus on it anymore and bowed out gracefully? Yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. I don't mind a win's a what win. I, what, I am, what I am excited about for us, if we're going to uh, tie in a little bit of preview to this, is that Arsenal do have their full complement of players. Mm-hmm. You do. Um, Which is good, because I don't want you to have is... any excuses. Right. And you'll have every excuse in the book when we beat you three now. Um, uh, no, Gra- uh, Graham, you need Kaylin to stop Alan holding Walker. on to that thought that there's going to be a fucking shutout again in Arsenal history, okay? <laughs> with them, yeah, right. With with their work rate, but it exactly leads me on to my next point. <laughs> with Villa's work rate, especially in the forward positions and the way that they press, um, mm-hmm. David Ryan needs to get rid of the fucking ball, mate. <laughs> yes, yes. He, he needs to get rid of the fucking ball because if he's shipping two goals, which we're going to come on to in just a moment, uh, to Luton Town, um, then what do you think he's going to do against Ollie Watkins and Leon Bailey and John McGinn and Diaby? Yeah, and, just Jesus. Actual international caliber players. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say world class just yet, but because uh, they are most of them still young. I feel like John McGinn's probably about 600 years old, though, um, <laughs> since, he look, since he looks like a White Walker. You know what I mean? Um, Still but, got a great but, ass. Dude, John McGinn, I, one moment, sorry, Graham. At one point, uh, it's a corner kick or a free kick, and McGinn is over offsides, like with his butt up against the goalie. And one commentator goes, what is John doing? He knows he's offsides. And the guy's, oh, he's just being a pest. That's what he does. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It should be the same answer as we do with McBurney. He's Scottish. Just don't ask questions. He's fucking Scottish. He's doing his Scottish business. Don't worry about it. What you worried about? (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting weekend. Uh, But I I thought Villa were fantastic in this game, and even Rob said it to you online, Mel, on uh, on your did he. your post in the there was uh, a there was group. a yawn emoji when I was talking yeah, about it. Was, it was, I was like, that's what was, Tim Howard said. Tim Howard said that was the best match of the season. I wasn't arguing with Tim Howard. Don't disagree. It's probably it's probably the best performance of the season. Yeah, it wasn't um, what he said by, by any team. There really. was that wasn't words he used. Best match of the that. season. I, I understand that. I think he was a bit overzealous. 
Because I've seen more entertaining games. This is how the pro arsenal agenda starts. Yeah, it is how Cooking it works. away no, at the I've edge of the entertaining right. Our 4-3 against Luton was more entertaining. You, Your you, game was the best performance. I, I would say for to, to you can kind of go here a little bit with what Graham's saying and also to kind of counteract what Tim said is you need a performance from both sides in order for it to be a great match. I would tend to agree it was it was the best performance mm-hmm. of the season. Like, Villa, undoubtable. Val, Villa was incredible. And you think about it, again, Holland had two shots that Emmy Martinez mm-hmm. saved. And that was it. They yeah. then boom, boom. didn't, their team, the yeah. team that won the fucking treble last year, could not manage even a shot not even a shot they couldn't put one in row Z. that's how bad it was for them like that is for villa it's a fucking master class it's an absolute uh, perfect game i mean if you take it the the other time that city lost to wolves and then the time that city lost to us this season are, are there three losses right and <laughs> wolves kind of wrote our luck for stretches right our respective games with them villa dominated this game uh-huh. yeah yeah it was all villa you know besides the only two times not, and they were both world-class saves they were saves worthy of a world cup winner those two saves that he did have um especially the second save from that header mm-hmm. but, to get um, up quickly get across the face of the goal and make that oh, yeah. heavy holland thought for sure he had it too ah oh, it was oh, great yeah. Big time. love watching but it, it. Was, it hands down is, was the most comprehensive performance <laughs> by any team this season 100 percent. so it, it also plays into the opposition when you think of it that way also where they are that fucking good right so, yeah went in trouble by being phenomenal or by being shit and yeah. being lucky you know, they are a good team despite not having Rodri. So th- this was by far the most comprehensive performance. Like, say, again, you know, Burnley goes to beat Sheffield United 5-0. Was it a comprehensive performance? No, because it's basically a JB high school team that they're playing in Sheffield United, right? Um, this, you're playing the fucking trouble winners. You're playing the, the, the champions. And you do this to them. That's I mean, it's by far the the, hey. the most comprehensive performance of the yeah, season by by any I mean, team. Can we can we keep City. it up? That's the question. Yep. Can we yeah, keep it up? It's a hell of a note. Hopefully I mean, not. You're going to stumble at the first asking because uh, everybody went had loads of beers on uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> so we have <laughs> we go from we go from um, this wonderful uh, just amazing performance on Villa to whatever the. Fuck that was a Kenworth Road. <laughs> hey, three, three points with the <laughs> I do love when we were doing the uh, the the preview show uh, earlier this week for for Arsenal and Luton. You were like, "Yeah, I think this is going to be Rise first shutout of the season." Wrong, wrong, so wrong, so very, very, very wrong. Um, <clears throat> you know what? Luton did what they normally do. It's set piece goals, two fucking corner kicks, and honestly, it's like. It's not just Raya, but it's also, come on, defense, man. Like, you know that this is the type of team that's good. Like, this is the moments they look for. Don't give them the opportunities to have those type of set pieces and defend well when they do have them. Um, The second goal of theirs, especially the header that he came out, kind of half-assed challenged the the offensive player. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who it was that scored, to be honest with you. But it was absolutely pitiful. Um, do you remember there was a movie with Jason Alexander way back when, and he was running a hotel and there was a family that lived in the hotel 
uh, and the mom of the family was like his assistant. Mm-hmm. Right. And the son kind of knew everybody and ran around. He was like eight years old and somehow got like an orangutan friend. Do okay. you remember this? And they caused all sorts of havoc. <laughs> it Jason sounds familiar. Alexander, somebody was trying to rob something and Jason Alexander turns and he goes to hit them with a the bag of rice and the rice fell out of it. And so he ends up just hitting him with a limp piece of plastic. That was David like Raya. Yeah, that was David Raya. <clears throat> how can so- if you have the use of your fucking hands? Yeah, long way to get there. How can someone out jump you? Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you. It is. You, clean them out. Come out and clean them out. Yeah, as a goaltender, you know, it's just if you're going to come off the line, you it's better simple. fucking come away with it. Like it's, you know. Uh, we used to in our indoor league we would have some of the uh, guys would give me shit for not coming off the line I'm like I've got a better line on making a save off the line than I do coming out and missing it because if I miss it the goal's wide open like yeah I mean in in indoor absolutely indoor also the other thing too is you're you know three quarters of the goal wide yeah exactly you you do your wingspan you don't have you know 14 feet either side of you or whatever you know yep precisely coming out is, is definitely better in outdoor but the, the it's just it's just absolutely pitiful and it's very clear i wish you would just come out and say it and put everybody's mind at ease he's my guy he's my number one just yeah. say it yeah just get it over with because all of us are anxious and we want ramsdale back in because fry is being a piece of shit yeah but, it's you're seeing it mistakes from like him. him not saying him not saying that publicly is fucking with raya also and making him not be super confident yeah so it's like just put it to bed just say that this is my number one Aaron Ramsdale is now the backup just say it and put it to bed let the press stop talking about it let the fans stop talking about it just leave it just get it over with you got a fucking title to focus on trying to win like you don't need to be bothered with this just fucking be be done with it but Martinelli was excellent as usual Saka Mm -hmm. was excellent as usual Um, and even Jesus I mean the, the little dink he had into Havertz for the third goal was was fantastic that you know there was great strength great balance a good first touch and then the wherewithal to just lift that ball over the defender um but not put too much on it so it ran all the way to the goalkeeper and Havertz with a brave finish honestly if the goalkeeper was worth his salt he'd have been off the line faster than he was and cleaned mm-hmm. Havertz out yeah um but just that deft little touch to get it past the goalkeeper is phenomenal but I think Arsenal weren't ready for the work rate of Luton and how loud that very small building could be I, um, I tell you, did like they're, it's getting better and better for them. I mean, now, uh, obviously, you guys get it at the death, um, which if you're going to if you're going to be a title winning team, this is the kind of game. This is the kind of moments. This oh, is the kind of shit you got to ha- yeah, you got to figure out a way. Even when you're not at your best, even when you're not at your best, you got to figure out a way to fucking get the W. Well, what we say last year, was it the Bournemouth game or somebody when um Jorginho came in as a late sub and fired, rifled that ball in from 30 yards, hit the post, and then off the back of the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game. Then that's when I finally came around and said, I believe we're title contenders now. Yeah. Because yeah. we found a fucking way. I think that was the game that we won 3 2, but we the found Bournemouth. Down it was It was 3, three yeah. 2 Bournemouth that you. Um, um, but they went up real Reece, early, real quick. Yeah, Reese Nelson. They were up 2 nothing. You you scored three unanswered to uh, doing it. It was Reese Nelson at the death who got yeah. that goal. So, yeah. I mean, that is the stuff of title contenders. You, you're faced with adversity and you overcome that adversity. You figure that out and you get through it. And Arsenal did. I mean, what 
what poise from Odegaard to put that sort of a delicate ball into the box for Rice to go and attack. And and what a header. I yeah, mean, great header. he put it the only place, because there wasn't a lot of pace on it. He put it the only place the goalkeeper couldn't get to it. And, you know, our corner of the ground exploded with emotion. And mm-hmm. you could see it on the players. Arteta got a yellow for his celebration. And he was like, listen, I don't care. That's emotion, man. That was a giant release of yeah, emotion precisely. in a very tense game. And at least he was honest about it. He didn't say something stupid like Jurgen Klopp would have. Yeah. <laughs> But he was just honest. He was just like, yeah, man, it was just, you know, it was very tense. I was boiling over and that just, I'd let it all out. And, you know, if that's a yellow card, then so be it. Yeah, that's fine. Now, here's the question for you with uh, with Luton. Because Luton, you do just about everything right, except for get the W, right? And now this was, yes, you know, uh, you know, uh, yesterday, but now you're in this scenario where um, you see today and all that effort and all that hard work and top of the table team, you play them to the death, you lose right at the end. And now today you find yourself in the drop. Like what does, how are those players handling that? You know, because right. you did everything right. And now you're suddenly back in the relegation zone again. Well, not, I mean, I, it's weird to use an Arteta kind of, you know, expression. But you have to trust that process. If you're if you're Luton Town, look at where you started the first three or four games of the season to look at the performances you're putting in now. You've got to imagine that that these points that you're getting, the couple of wins under your belt, a couple of draws, trust the process, trust that manager, keep doing what he's what he's saying, and you will find yourself in a better position than when you started. And I think that's <laughs> I think that's what they have to do. They can't get too up. They can't get too down. You know, because you also have to think, we talked about it on Monday, on appeal, Everton probably have a couple of points added. So they're probably a little further back than they are currently. True. So, but your performances are, are much better than they were in the first three, four games of the season. So I would just keep trusting that process and keep doing what you're doing. And hopefully you find yourself out of the relegation zone. And then if you can, go spike the lasagna of uh, Bournemouth because they just keep seeming to get wins. So we're now going to direct our attention to four clubs that outperformed expectations last season. All seem to be going in very different directions this season. Fulham 5, Forest nil, Brighton 2, Brentford 1. Um, well, Graham, we're no longer allowed to talk shit about it. Uh, Fulham knows how to score goals, apparently. Yeah, right. Apparently they do. Yeah. I don't know where this came from all of a sudden. Maybe uh, they just found out I was talking too much shit. You know, Raul Jimenez. I mean, the Awobi brace, of course, it's good that you got another player getting goals, but Jimenez getting a brace now on three for the season. It's coming at the right time. He's starting to get his confidence back. And for Fulham... That is just fucking massive, man. Oh, it's huge. The the, the giant Mitrovic, shape, uh, Mitrovic shaped hole up front was more and more evident every game that passed that Jimenez didn't score. So, you know, the specter of Mitrovic is now starting to fade away as Rolls getting these goals and Awobi's chipping in. And so now, besides yourself, I will also be accepting a thank you from Fulham fans since he learned how to do that at Arsenal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. Um, 
and I'll, I'll expect your thank you for being out of the relegation zone. Uh, you know, me and Declan Rice in equal measure getting, since it was definitely both of us that, uh, you know, deserve that thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, your draw still would have gotten us out of the relegation zone. No, we would have been at one point down, right? Because we're level on points yeah. now with Luton. Again, you're and welcome. Doesn't matter. When we um, beat Chelsea, so... it'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, Fulham. It was it was excellent. Uh, it was absolutely excellent. They were all over Forrest. Forrest didn't really have an answer for them. Um, Bert Leno was called into into play to, you know, three times, four times, maybe was equal to the task each time. Um, he's a good goalkeeper. I, I've never said anything otherwise. Um, but Forrest is without a Wony. They have nobody to really stretch the defense. It seems. I mean, Alanga still looks like he's not ready to lead the line. Um, you know, they sold Brennan Johnson off, who would have been somebody that, that maybe could have stepped in in, in, in case of emergency. Morgan Gibbs-White likes to be in the hole, so he's not stretching anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it just, without a loan, and, and Chris Wood, you know, still looks dumber than a, a bag of nails. And well, and Woods, so I don't know Woods, gonna... Wood's job is going to be to just be a poacher. That's what he's going to do. We were talking about this on, on Monday's show. Like, what Awoni offered was he made movement, which then allowed space to open up for Gibbs White and for Alanga. Right. And if you just have the big dope, dopey guy running down the middle of the fucking pitch looking for the ball to come in, those two guys can't create as much because they have to come back to play. You know? Exactly. But And the, the other piece to that, too, is to be a poacher, you have to have the ball. Yep. I've never seen a poacher in a counterattacking system. <laughs> right, right, precisely, precisely it. And if, if you're not going to have possession a majority of the time, what are you poaching? You now, may as well sit up front with a pot and pan and soak some, uh, poach some eggs because you're not poaching goals, I'll tell you that. So I, um, first I want to just mention a little something about Forrest, and then I want to kind of talk about both of these teams, and we're going to talk about the next two teams in the same regard as well. Um, for Forrest, this is now four on the bump that they've lost. Is Steve Cooper in trouble? Yeah. As the chairman already came out and said, he demands um, improvement. I'm surprised he didn't fire him yet. Yeah. After losing these two in a row since the since he said something before last weekend. Yeah. I'm I was, surprised he's still on the job so far. And now if you watched any of the press, the, the post-pressers, the players were fully putting it on them. Even though Cooper went oh, yeah. to the went to the away section, hit his chest and and put up his hands as if to say, "I'm sorry, this is on me." But the players immediately afterwards were like, "We're all here because of him. We're we're mm-hmm. our success is because of him. We're we need to perform better for him." But it's uh. You know, I mean, you, you don't typically hear that. That's one thing. Normally, the minute somebody wants to put on a coach, a player will be like, ha-ha, they're not looking at me, a.k.a. Manchester United for the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. But no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. They, you know, and I think that a lot of them did that because of the chairman's um, comments <laughs> prior to last weekend, uh, where it, it didn't necessarily give him the vote of confidence, you know, which I think means he would have been. Uh, absolutely canned by now but yeah. he did say that we need to have better results I demand better results basically and, and pile the pressure on Cooper the problem is is last year he said kind of the same thing 10 days later gave him a new contract so right. I don't know what he's going to do <laughs> yeah it's 
also what, four in a row now for four is a big yeah, drop. Yep. Now here's so the thing. Like, here's the thing know. I wanted to kind of look at and why I did this all these four teams in a segment because also these guys have all been in Oso a lot and I kind of wanted to give up some time to talk about them. Is with Fulham, we started the season wondering where are the goals going to come? How are they going to survive? This team could be in a relegation battle. And now they're not going to be a top 10 team like they were last season, but you kind of feel like you're like, yeah, these guys are comfortably 12th. You know, yeah, like I, you feel like they'll be all right. Like things are going to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we've said it how many times so far this season, and which is why we've had to end up saying the same thing over and over again is because defensively Fulham are fine. Yeah, they're great. They're great defensively. Defensively, Fulham are going to be okay, which means <laughs> I believe that they will stay in the league because you have kind of flash players like Pereira, Dacre Dover Reed that will nip in and get you some goals. You have, you know, Raul Jimenez now scoring. Uh, obviously, previously wasn't. But you were going to always get enough goals to stay in the league. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a worry about them going out. I worried about where they would finish. <laughs> kind of 12 to 14 seemed reasonable, given that, you know, 17-goal Mitrovic is now gone. Right. Right? You don't have that focal point. Um, but Raul Jimenez doing this, I mean, you know, 10th, 11th, that might be within reach now. Yeah. You know? I, if he, um, if he gets you seven goals on the season, you're, you're definitely a 15th place team. He gets you 10. You're probably 11th or 10th, absolutely. especially with his and, and that's, open you know, as looking, the bottom part of the league is. Yeah. Right. And, and, and looking at them defensively, I just, I never thought they were going to go down regardless of what they did up front. Honestly. I mean, look how long Burnley stayed in the league Yep, there, you know, and, and something that we've not really talked about Marco Silva really ever of, of being defensively, you know, kind of sound. Always been I an attack minded coach. Yeah. I just think the Fulham players are that good defensively. Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody like Paulina now had Bayern Munich gotten Paulina at the beginning of the year, at the uh, uh, in the transfer window, mm-hmm. I think Fulham be in a hell of a lot worse position than they are now. But as long as they can hold on to him through January, I think Fulham are comfortably safe. I, um, wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned at all, to be honest with you. So I now say the same question about Forrest because they're dropping quick and they're don't have a good goal differential. I, it's better than the three teams in the drop currently, but. Luton is at least playing with a little hustle. Bournemouth seemingly has gotten their shit together, and Everton ain't staying where they are for long. Everton's going to get right back up to freaking 11th or 10th place by the end of the year because despite the point total, they're not a bad team. (laughs) Like, Forrest has got to be careful. They could really be in the battle now. Which, which I think is part of the issue this season where we're seeing these comments from the chairman with them and everything else. Um, I think he may actually pull the trigger in the next couple of weeks. And the amount of money that they've spent last season, it can't afford to go down, man. They really yep. can't. Now, uh, moving on, gutsy fucking win for the Seagulls. They are really gutsy win. Um, and uh, obviously, big shout out to what is he, seventeen or eighteen years old? Um, uh, Henselwood, the kid who got the uh, the got the winner. Oh yeah, his, his first, first professional his first professional goal is a game winner. Pretty fucking great. Yeah, not bad at all. Now you wouldn't have known that at the time in the fifty second minute, but really, Brighton were were all over Brentford here. To be honest with you, despite the penalty call 
Um, Brighton had a majority of the possession. Brighton had a majority of the chances. Brentford only managed two shots on goal, one of which was the penalty. Yeah. Um, so obviously losing Emblemo is a huge, a huge miss uh, injury wise. And that's that exactly what I was about game. to mention. In turn, even though Wisa came in and Wisa, you know, obviously the two of them work very well together. Um, one without the other isn't particularly threatening um, necessarily. I would say Emblemo was better than Wisa. And when they lost Emblemo, you could see that game kind of change a bit and a little bit of impetus fell out of Brentford. Yeah. Um, um, Brighton sees that and and keep going. Now, Br- Brentford did have a few chances, one of which was also cleared off the line mm-hmm. um, later on just before the just before the Brighton winner. Um, but it was uh, it was a good game. I thought I thought it was it was fun to watch, and and Brighton are always exciting. Pascal Gross, what an excellent shot that was! Oh yeah, uh, to, to equalize. I mean, Matoma gets the ball, tees him up, and then just the left-footed. I mean, he put again just the precision on the shot. It was the only place the goalkeeper couldn't get to it. It was fantastic. Um, question for you: You mentioned Wisa. Uh, I don't think Wisa should have been on the pitch. I think he should have gotten sent off. Put hands to a guy's face, man! <laughs> like, like yeah. I should have been a fucking red. Uh, you know, it, there was a few things VAR had gotten right this weekend in hey, midweek, listen, but listen, it just he like ce- he celebrates like this, Sam. Yeah, it's okay. Fucking hands in his fuck, like literally. He didn't mean it. Like gave him a fucking push in the face. I'm like, okay. He, I guess. Didn't, he didn't mean it. Johan Wiesa is Zen. Okay? <sighs> they Who just what what's I again so fucking annoying about this is that you had like that headbutt from uh, Vinicius uh, in the Wolves Fulham match that because um, Kilnsman didn't go down to the ground, there was no car- there was no red card. It's like. So unless these people over embellish it, fall to the ground, roll around and kick their legs like a baby, we're not going to acknowledge that there are the that these are quote if there are hands to the face, any physical yeah. abuse to the face, it's a fucking red. And then you did here's two instances. Yeah. yeah. Two instances in the last month where that has happened and because the other person didn't roll around on the ground like a baby or pull a Neymar as I'd like to call it, they didn't get a fucking red card. Like, league, you're encouraging bad behavior. Like, yeah. this is what you like. When people start to do the over-embellishing shit, it's because you don't give out cards when you should be, frankly. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Same question. Um, Brighton, we feel like Brighton's in and around the hunt for something in Europe, but you can also kind of tell the workload is getting to them as well, right? How would you feel about that, Sam? I would be more concerned if somebody like Jack Henselwood didn't step up and score the winner in this game. Brayton <laughs> yeah, just true. continually fucking find somebody to fill a void. Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but they fucking do it. Yeah. So uh, I would be l- more concerned about Brentford, who were pushing for a European place and just missed out. I would be more concerned for them falling out of that situation than it would be for Brayton not getting at least a McRib place. Uh, uh, Brentford, you, you feel like they're probably safe, but they're not too... And earlier in the season, like when they lost to Everton, they found themselves not too far away from that. And you have a couple, two, three bad losses in a row, especially if you don't have somebody like Mbwebo out there uh, getting it done for you. Like, you got to feel like there could be some real problems here for, for, uh, for Brentford. Now, I one thing that does kind of annoy me, obviously, because of the links uh, with Arsenal um, in January, 
one thing that makes me a little concerned is if Brentford were two or three places higher in the league, I think Arsenal have a better chance of signing Ivan Tony, who they really want um, to lead the line. But now I think Brentford may hold out until at least the summer because they're going to need him to climb the table again. Yeah, precisely. That's I was I was actually going to mention the exact same thing. It, it feels that way too. Um, but but I, think, is, I mean, I think Brentford will be safe. I just don't think they'll finish as high as they were because Ivan Tony's coming back. I think that that is a massive boost for them, and I think I really think he's going to hit the ground running. I think he's a guy that wants to be involved in the Euros. I think he offers probably the most similar situation to Harry Kane um, that that's out there uh, in in terms of the other forwards, Ollie Watkins, Callum Wilson. A lot of these guys, Dominic Calvert Lewin, even to an extent, play very differently to how Harry Kane plays. Yeah, Ivan Tony does drop off. He does bring others into play. He mm-hmm. does a lot of the similar things to what Harry Kane does. And if if that's the way that Gareth Southgate wants to play, then you would assume that there's he's in contention as long as he's in form. Yeah. Um. So I think he's going to want no matter where he is, whether it's at Brentford or with Arsenal. He's going to want to hit the ground running as soon as he's back fit and available um, in January and and just hit the ground running so he can be involved in the Euros in the summer. Agreed. Uh, now, I, I guess what I was getting to here, and this uh, this will be the final thought, is just <clears throat> all four of these teams certainly overperformed what we thought their index was last year. Now, I think all of them ultimately are safe, and I think they're all teams we're going to see in the Prem next year. But I think what we are starting to see with all four of these clubs is kind of more of a, a, a recession back to what their real norm is. I think that's what we're now seeing out of them. Yeah, that's fair. Rounding out the rest of the league and oh, so that happened. Wolverhampton 1, Burnley 0, Manchester United 2, Chelsea 1, Liverpool 2, Sheffield 0, Bournemouth 2, Palace 0, West Ham 2, Tottenham 1, Everton three, Newcastle nil. Claret stumble after a big uh, after a big win. Um, if we're gonna talk about Oso, this is the most Oso games of Oso games that could ever happen. You know, yep. Wolves go get a boring win, but it's you know their offense is starting to click. It's they're not a high powered offense; they're an opportune offense. And they find Absolutely. ways to get the goals they and need to get. that Korean guy got it done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in his work rate, and you think about it there for a while, with Lopetegui, he was kind of out of favor, right? Between him and Cunha, those guys work their tails off. And they Absolutely. Do it, and they do it at the other end of the pitch, too. They get back. They well, disrupt all, midfields. Is, is despite that work, despite moving at 100 miles an hour all the time, he finds the wherewithal and the composure to sidestep a defender, send him bye-bye birdie, flying right past him, and then pick out on a slow roller to that far corner, kind of Cole Palmer-esque, in right. a very disrespectful manner to just roll the ball into the far corner where the goalkeeper can't get to it. Yep. It's absolutely brilliant. I loved everything about that. But, um, you know, I, we said this on Monday. I think Burnley shot their load, scoring five. They probably should have held two back for today. Yeah, that would have helped them today. Absolutely. <laughs> do not do not disagree one bit. Um, also man- uh, worth mentioning, Dan Bentley. I believe that is his first <laughs> Premier League clean sheet. Oh, there we go. Good on him. Good on so him. Good for him. Um, yeah, as the backup to Jose Sa, and, and looks likely to be starting for Wolves for a, a 
the foreseeable future. Well, and also, uh, depending on if Saw is healthy when he comes back in the January transfer window, does he suddenly become a uh, a Saudi yeah, guy? Well, no, a Saudi guy because, oh. especially for Wolves, that's one way to really straighten up the books real quick. You know, sell a keeper for well, a quick true. twenty million that you probably wouldn't have sold for that much. You know. I mean, they could just join the class action suit against Everton and probably balance the book. <laughs> All don't, of those clubs own a piece of the new stadium. Yeah, yeah. Do you don't pay them rent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, comprehensive fucking win for uh, United. They actually looked good. You know, the McTerminator is back. They looked better in this match than they did in the three nothing win over Everton and all those one nothing two one boring ass games they've had so far. They actually looked good and impressive and attacking in this match. Yeah, so I'm going to throw a stat out there real quick, um, and I, I I don't know that it's true. I don't think it's true, but I'm going to throw it out like it is true. Scott McTominay, a.k.a. the McTerminator, had seven shots by himself, five of which were on target, which besides the Everton game, if you separate out the Everton game, Mm -hmm. that's more than United's last three games combined. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, they had something. No they, they had damn near close to thirty attempts uh, at goal. Now, not all on target, of course, but like they haven't done that in forever. Most of their matches have been like two shots on goal, ten total. You know, like just kind of meh, like really just meh performances. And this was now. I, I think what we've really learned about Chelsea is that there is going to be no consistency in Chelsea. They are so fucking young. And you have to you have to give Pochettino time with this fucking team. Yeah, I mean they're so, they're so young and they're so I mean and they bought how many players over the last you know 18 months? Yeah. Um that's really the the biggest you know problem is there's there's he's got 30 players in his first team squad. Right now, Pochettino has kind of dumped it down to about 15 that he uses on a regular basis. But uh, as you say, they are still very young, minus Thiago Silva. Yeah. Um, they've and had their captain, sent off, their captain sent off in the last two matches. Mm-hmm. So they had, you know, they were missing. Uh, no, Reese James, I'm sorry, was, was available for this match finally. Yeah. Um, but Conor Gallagher was not, which is why Cole Palmer started. It, it's just, you know, they, they've got growing pains, they're starting to get better. Um, they're starting to look more cohesive, but um, I think United got very lucky and caught them at the right time. Yeah, I would agree. And also, I do wonder if this was at the bridge, might the result have been different? Yeah. You know, I, I still Absolutely. wonder that too. Uh, Reds move into second place. Um, and Another, you guys are playing them in just a couple of weeks, aren't you? Yeah, we are. But th- this is another Oso, oh very Oso. Oh <sighs> No one gave a fuck about that game. I'll tell you what, does Chris uh, Wilder have a little bit of an argument to say that they were kind of hard done by call- calls? Because, I don't know, if you look at how open Van Dyke was and you see the Sheffield United player laying face first on the ground in front of him, you got to wonder how that came about. <laughs> well, there's nothing nothing to see here, you looky Sure just thing, move, Officer Bar Brady. <laughs> just, move, just move along. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was definitely something in it, uh, more than likely. 
Uh, Kelleher, you know, was absolutely fantastic with a couple of chances that Sheffield United did mm-hmm. create. He so, did. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal. I don't know that I'd go as far to say he is the best backup goalkeeper in the world, um, like Jurgen Klopp said, which is quite funny. Um, he is very good. Uh, I'm also surprised um, that uh, the Kanate stiff arm uh, on Archer didn't garner a penalty for Sheffield United. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but that being said, for the you know 14 or so minutes that Chris Wilder has been in charge again, Sheffield United did look a hell of a lot more organized and a lot better uh, than at any moment under Heckenbottom. That's exactly what I was about to say. It was like, I mean, they're still not a very good team, but at least they look like they fucking cared. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly that match against Burnley. I mean, they just looked like they could give a fuck less in that match. So I'm at sorry. least, yeah, they, they so just least, gave up. At least they completely there was gave up something, something in this match for them. At least you know, um, <clears throat> and uh, the cherries. Look at them now on a little bit of a roll. There, kid. What is it uh three wins and a, and two draws? Like suddenly something, everything's yeah. starting to click for them. I know Gary O'Neill did a fantastic. Oh wait, he's not there anymore. But, but, sorry, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that was the form that saved his job and the club last season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, they 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 were you know they were good value for money. I mean, Palace don't concede many goals from set pieces. No, they do and not. The fact the fact that they scored and scored so easily from a corner was was not something you see very often. Um, especially at home as well. I mean, the Palace supporters were actually quite frustrated. Boot them off at halftime and then boot them again at the final whistle, those that were still there. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe it's time for um, them to shift up the uh, back a little bit. Like, um, you know, like I like Tyreek Mitchell as a player, but maybe have bring Ward back in. I know he's an old man, but he there might be a little bit more tenacity. It's do you bring in Richards maybe for either uh, um, Joachim Anderson or I would say Mark Gui you keep out there because he's r- really a hell of a defender. But you got to feel like there's got to be some moves and um, the there was uh, some sort of shakeup. Yeah. Um, and Corey from last season that did so well for him, he hasn't been really playing a ton in the midfield like. I, I guess that um, you know Roy the boy's just not a particular fan of his, but they would looked really solid in the middle of the pitch last season. So it just it feels feels a little off, like something's just not working there right now. And yeah, you keep fucking off, man. You're gonna be right in that thick of it because you know there's again Everton ain't staying where they're staying for long they're you know unless the league decides like you said on Monday decides fuck you we're giving you another 10 point deduction because you got out of that fucking too quickly you know (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah I mean I you know I I kind of if this goes past Christmas this this kind of form chart for Crystal Palace I'd start to worry about Roy's job uh, a little bit um but you know, I I mean, for now, I think he's safe. I think you're right. They do need to shake up. I do think they have a few injuries, of course, with, with missing Eze. Missing Eze is everything. There's a little bit of a reason there that, that maybe they're not performing up to snuff necessarily. But that being said, they're not getting results at a crucial point in the season against a team you would probably argue that they need to be getting a result against. In your building, um, you, you should have won this one. You should have won this one. That There's no doubt about it. You should have fucking a, won this yeah, one. And that's just simply not a good thing. <laughs> No. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. 
the the team I'm most unsure about what they're going to do and which direction they're going to go because they're so heavily reliant on Eberechiese is Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this could be the start of a crucial slide down the table. This could be the wake-up call they needed to move up three places. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I very much agree. Uh, let's see. Um, well, it doesn't get any easier for them. They got Liverpool next, and I think they got Liverpool right. and City back-to-back. Like, doesn't I mean, get the, least they, the least they can do is drop kick a couple people in the chest to put them out for a month so when we play them, they're weaker. <laughs> Heard. Very good. Now, Just um, how about London? Come on. West Ham, and, West Ham and Tottenham. This was absolutely a tale of two halves because Tottenham looked really good in the first half. Looked really Tottenham good. Tottenham should have been up 4-0. Tottenham yeah. should have been up 4-0. I, it just this... This inability to take advantage of a situation that Tottenham is doing, and they're doing this constantly. And then... You feel like sometimes I know Ange wants to run this system of full press, the high line and everything. You give up that first goal and it's just like, just adjust it a little. Can you just adjust a little? You don't have to completely walk away from what you're doing, but you have to recognize they got you on the counter and then they got you on the counter again. It's like, fuck, man. Can't you see right. that you need to change the system just a little from time to time? Well, the, the other thing, too, is is teams that are used to having possession, right? Like Arsenal, like City, like those kinds of teams. Yes, their counterattack can be devastating, but how often do we actually sit here and talk about, uh, you know, six touches down the field and a total of 18 seconds for those two clubs and the balls in the back of the net? Not that often, to be honest no. with you. Not that often. We're, we're talking about a, a sustained amount of possession that ends up translating into a goal of a forced mistake or what have you, a penalty, right. you know, whatever it is. We're not necessarily talking about a transitional score with, with some of those teams. A team like West Ham especially over the last, I don't know, decade has been their entire identity to fucking counterattack. Yeah. Like- so if, if, you know, this is what they're used to, the only goals they score are counterattacking goals, are, are quick transitions. And if you're playing that, it, it's shown time and time again, if you give them the ball, they don't know what to do. Right, right. So you have to adjust your your situation. You have to adjust your tactics. Well, and and just doesn't seem to want to do that. And not for which nothing. Which is fine. Not- Go for it. I mean, if you keep dropping points like this, I'm a happy guy. I'm just saying – you should probably right. take a look in the mirror real quick and say this is a little bit my fault. Not for nothing, Graham. Like the how you just mentioned how West Ham likes to play a counterattacking style. Let's double down on that. David Moyes has been coaching in this league for damn near close to 20 fucking years. <laughs> Are we not aware of the style that David Moyes likes to coach? Do we not? I mean, can you not comprehend that Moyes likes to get behind the ball? He likes to play you very tough, very physical, and he likes to break on your mistakes. And he likes to he likes to make you have to overwork. It's what he's done forever. It's what he did at Everton. It's what he did at Sunderland. It's what he did at Man U. Not very well, but he did it there. And it's what he's doing at fucking West Ham. Like. Yeah. What? How can you not be surprised by the style of play he's going to play? Hold on, Sam. <laughs> Hold on, Sam. He did it the first time at West Ham. Then he did it in Spain when he was called David, and mm-hmm. then they sent him home. And then he did it again at West Ham, <laughs> which is where we are now. <laughs> Just... I don't, dude, I have no idea. I mean, unless he's playing, you know, fucking 
some Eastern European second division team in the McRib Cup. It, West Ham are not good at having possession, so give them the fucking ball. And you've got Kulisewski and Son. You should be able to fucking counterattack. How how you do know? you how do you think Everton beat West Ham? They made West Ham play with the ball. Exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Be like, here, have 100%. it. I dare you. I dare you, West Ham, do something with it, right? Uh, but you know what? For for fear of repetition, uh, actually, you know what? I don't have fear of repetition. I don't give a shit. Uh, I said it last week with Ollie McBurney, and I'll say it again because Big Ainge coached in Scotland for a bit. He must have picked up the old Glaswegian saying, "Never back down, double down." Heard. <laughs> And Mr. Graham, just like that, within three matches, Everton are already out of the drop. And they've almost taken all the points back. <laughs> almost. Sixty <laughs> percent of the points that they stole from you, you've taken back. Now. Already taken back. Uh now it, it, let's let's be very clear about it. Newcastle are so fucking thin right now. They well, have, they looked mm, gassed. They looked absolutely shattered by about half time. Yeah. And and <laughs> How made some adjustments with them and got them kind of moving in the right direction in the second half. And then the minute that uh, Trippier made that mistake and McNeil stole the ball off his foot and just ripped one, you could just see Newcastle, just the shoulders dropped and they were like, all right, fuck it. On to the next well, match. We got we got to well, worry about exactly, Milan. Yeah. We got to worry about Milan in a week and a half. Let's just not fuck. We're done. <laughs> the other the other piece of that too is Kieran Trippier has been probably their steadiest player over the last season and a half, and he's and if, responsible if he's for goal number one and goal number two. Yeah, if responsible he's for both. Like that. What are the rest of us supposed to do? Um, you know what I mean? Uh, that, you know, besides Nick Pope, who is not playing obviously because of his injury. And uh, from what I understand, he may be out for about four months. And, well, the good news is you have Dubravka. Like, is a very good backup. So they've got someone who can get it done for him. But then Lachelles goes out at the end of the game with a fucking grab in his hamstring. You're like, I, Alan and I were joking about it. We were chatting back and forth. Um, and it was just like, what? Is the way you get a break on this team getting hurt? <laughs> like that's like, hey coach, I just wanna I just wanna get one game on the bench. I just wanna get a little bit of a break. Let me go ahead and pull a hammy real quick. <laughs> like Right. It just absolute insanity. Uh Beto scoring was I, was big for Everton. You know, him finally getting his first goal Premier League goal. It was the same thing I was worried about with Burnley the other week. Uh at the weekend rather. Um, that I said on Monday, those five goals could come back to bite you in the ass in three months. Well, you just got three of them back. Yeah, we're on a minus and, three, and well, I'm 11th place is on minus 12. We are the best goal differential in the bottom half of the table. But Burnley lost 1-0, so you got four goals back today. Yeah. Out yeah. of those five. So it's not that's not a concern anymore. That's fine. That's right. what you're worried about. If there. you look at if you look yeah. at that whole bottom of the table, I'm see, like everyone you're on a minus two. And minus twelve is the next best one. That's the next right. best one to us. Like so and, you know, you'll start hearing us say this, you know, close around March usually, but the, that's an extra point. Yeah, yeah goal differential at the bottom half of the table is an extra point. Uh um, so, essentially. So the Everton fans, uh, gotta love them. Uh yes, they booed the anthem, uh the Premier League theme song again, and then at the tenth minute for an entire straight minute booed. Uh, apparently we're doing prop changes. So last uh, the game against United was just a pink sign with the lion with that said uh, corrupt. This one's a green sign that says 
protecting the few, not the many. And that's what they were holding up at this one. So, you know, we talked about this already a couple times. You done pissed off the wrong fan base. (laughs) (laughs) You you want to piss off some? Don't piss off the Evertonians, man. Um, Obviously, there's still there's still matches to be played. But the one thing I think you can see in this side, unlike the last two times, the last two years of Everton, this team's decent. Like. This team isn't a well, world beater, but this team is not bad. This is a decent well, team. Here's the, it's it's not it's the same personnel largely because you haven't been able to buy any because of how you cheated earlier. Yeah, exactly. So Thanks. It's <laughs> it's what it is. Is you have a proper fucking manager. You have somebody that's going to put a plan together and pull you guys together and give you the mindset of it's us against the world. <clears throat> We've said it time and time again, talking about Dice and the Dice effect. Yep, and how this season was going to be different from last season because last season was a was a, a you know he got hired and it was a a struggle. Let's get together. You know he came in mid season. It was difficult, and Frank just had no plan. That uh, what Frank was doing was fucking dog shit. So the whole idea was get somebody in that knows what's up, that knows how to do this, that knows how to scrap, and they absolutely hired the right guy. I mean, Sean, uh, uh, Sam, fuck his name Sean Dyche is the new wave Sam Allardyce <laughs> this just, is what he does just he eats earthworms instead of having uh, pint glasses of red wine pints of, pints of wine hey, right hey Graham he is is the epitome of a firefighter <laughs> and it's no doubt in my mind why you guys have excelled in this shit situation uh Graham if it wasn't for those 10 points taken off you know what place Everton would be in right now 10th I looked. Tenth. Fucking tenth. Sure money. (sighs) (laughs) I don't know if you can hear that exhale, but it's not so sure these days. I'm now down $47 because uh, Liverpool couldn't fucking score goals against uh, Sheffield United. Yep. Big surprise. The new manager bounce uh, stopped me from getting done when I needed to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very annoying. Uh, so how did you fare, my good sir? Well, I should have had more faith in Villa's ability to fuck. But I'm still up $261. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. And I'm up more than you, Mr. Graham. Did you know that 28.5714.29... I, I added a point. 29% of the time? It works 100% of the time, baby. <laughs> uh, I should have just kept rolling with it, adding points to it. You guys would be like, is he adding extra decimals? About 0.76.721.934. Be like, be like Animal House. The Germans don't stop him. He's on a roll. <laughs> um, all right. So I am going to do a two-game parlay. I am taking a draw between Spurs and Newcastle and under two and a half goals. This game to me has 1-1 or nil-nil written all over it because who the fuck's going to score for either team? And uh, if I hit that, I get plus $428. Nice. That's good. That's a good return there. Yeah, it is. And now, it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Subject line. Sorry for a short email. I'll keep this short. 
<laughs> the subject line kind of tells us what it's already doing there, Pat. <laughs> Got it, Pat. Yep. yep. Got it. On it. How's, uh, it, how's it going it in your world? Week. No, <laughs> no, no, it's not a good week for him. That it was not a good week. 0 for 4 on my bet. So I'm now down minus 1250. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He is, he is pulling what we like to call a gram. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It's actually unbelievable, but I'm going to make one bet this weekend on one game. Not fun, but I need to stop the bleeding. So I'll take Wolverhampton over Forest. It's at minus 125, so I'll risk the 125 to win 100. Uh, I hope I hit. But at this point, who fucking knows? Have a great weekend. I'll be getting used to spending time with my family on Saturdays again. <laughs> well, he does have Army-Navy this Saturday to watch. Then, then he can go back and spending time with his family again. <laughs> Yeah, oh, exactly. oh wait no after that the nfl starts playing on saturdays he's not going to spend time with his family no. he needs that sweet sweet no drug of, needs that sweet sweet drug of uh of uh gambling to get right. him by yeah, exactly right <laughs> all right mr all right, graham so what do like, you got for a stud like i said i'm now down 47 dollars. that is my first time into the red this season um i am going to take a multitude of favorites Okay, go uh, for it. To, to try to pad myself some odds and get back well into the positive ahead of you. Uh, so I've got Liverpool to beat Palace, United to beat Bournemouth, Brighton to beat Burnley, Brentford to beat Sheffield United, and City to beat Luton. That gets me plus 600. I will probably also be taking a real money bet on this on the old fan duel. Ooh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Brentford's going to Sheffield, the new manager bump in their building. Oh. It'll be fine. All right. It'll okay. be fine. <clears throat> I've got a good one. So that's a one, two, three, four. That's only five games. So fuck off, Adam. There you go. Well, the board's not next to me, so I can't be going hit nine-way parlay, and we're not asking Mel to do it because she has enough going on over there with the whole uh, COVID thing. So, But you know who never has to worry about the new manager bump? Kitty the fucking chicken. By the way, if uh, you guys wanted some more math, uh, according to Villanista Nicole Thompson, Villa fucks 89.45% of the time. Had a girl. Well, Kitty Mist is full of destroyed forests and sits at 8 and 5. So this weekend, I gave her Wolverhampton hosting Nor- Nottingham Forest. Sorry, breathing's hard. That's okay. Kitty informed me that she had lunch plans tomorrow with Mark Turner and Paula Page. Yeah. Now, as we know, Mark, you know, producer Mel's future second ex-husband, is forced all day long. And Paul, well, he does love the wolves, so it would appear Kitty is picking up another draw this weekend. Very good. Very good. Now, I would just say, Cole, it would have been 89.69696969969% of the time. Villa fucks all the time. No, that'd be too obvious. And if you missed an opportunity to miss 6969, we're talking about Villa, you're an idiot. <laughs> no, no, not all of us have to go for hey, the easy stuff like you guys. But Graham, do you, don't talk about my future second ex-wife that way. Thank you very you, much. Do you know I'll what? I'll talk to my future third wife however I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what isn't obvious? 
What's that? Y'all's ability to gamble legally and responsibly. No, and we I, can't do that. I have tiny ears. I can't get this back <clears> on right. my ears. Well, Mr. Graham, uh, our done. first midweek in the books here, you know. Uh, yes. So and you did keep... not keep it under an hour. Uh, we tried. We tried. Now, uh, Mr. Graham, um, do you mind? Do you have anything major for parting words? Because I'd like to steal it from you if you don't mind. No, the only thing I was going to do is check out the uh, closed group DUFC on Facebook, uh, Drunkard United FC on Facebook, because we're going to put a GoFundMe out to help Mel get her ears enlarged. Um, so just look for that GoFundMe and uh, donate to the cause. <laughs> Ear implants. Mr. Graham. That's so dumb. <laughs> there is something we missed. Uh-oh. There's something very big that we missed. Uh-oh. Just call me Renton and call you sick boy because we are heroin addicts from train spotting. Yep. Third round of the FA Cup. Just start smacking that vein right now. We have a fucking time wear, baby. Yes. At Sunderland. Newcastle Sunderland at Sunderland. All of that just horse right there. Right fucking yes, there. Give me all of that. And uh, I do. I do want to make mention quickly that I knew that, but pre-show meeting, you said, we're not going to talk about the draw. We'll do that on the preview show. So I didn't mention it, but I did know that was happening. Oh my God. Put it in the veins, man. I'm very excited. I can't wait. I'll, I cannot fucking wait. I want, I want the mark right there. Not between my toes. I don't want to hide that mark. I'm proud of that mark right there, right in that fucking vein. Um, we can uh, we will discuss this obviously at another time because Mel's uh, feeling the way she is. But we have been invited by the Mobtown Magpies to go at seven forty-five in the morning and do a live show at the Abbey at Mount Washington. With all right, um, I'm I'm down for the for the FA Cup game. I'm down. I'm so down. I'm totally in. Oh. There we have it. So, um, other than that, next up is injury time. We're going to preview the weekend's action, and we're going to try to get it done quickly because my wife needs to get some fucking rest. You are, yeah. Mel, big shout out. You are a fucking trooper for getting through this tonight, girl. Oh. <clears throat> and uh, Sam, should somebody want to find injury time, how they go about doing it? Uh, it's www.worldhealthorganization.com. Uh, and <laughs> sign up to the free COVID Carla newsletter. Uh, and uh, you'll be able to get in touch with Mel that way. But if you want to talk to Sam and I, it's at DU Football Show on all the social medias at DUFootballShow at gmail.com to get in touch by email. Patreon.com to support the show and get all the extra shit. Just wanted to give one more plug uh, to make sure people can talk to us because there's been a little bit of a lack of communication over the normal channels. A lot of stuff in the closed group as always, and we always appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. But uh, send some fucking emails in. Send some questions. Send, talk to us on Instagram. Talk to us on Twitter. Let us know what's going on in your world. Uh, send us some messages on TikTok. We're doing the halftime check-ins and all that. Yeah, exactly. I'll Do make sure. Like I'll, I'll make sure. I'll make sure Tegan, yeah, I'll make. I'll make sure Tegan checks it. In fact, uh, <laughs> everybody, quick reviews, five stars on uh, iTunes, and in the comments section, leave. How's it going in your world? So we know that this is the show you listen to to hear that. 100%. Let's see how much, how many more plugs we can do to drag this out so Mel can't go to sleep. <laughs> uh, one more plug. All your holiday shopping needs the DU Drip Shack, baby. Get the flyest oh, fucking right. DU gear. Get the fly gear, baby. Till Monday, everybody. Good night. Oh!
the Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow the Malort. Looks great in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!